Hey folks, welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. On this episode, we have soprano Hila Plitman. I've known her for years and years, and we get into some deep conversations pretty often, and this is no exception. I would imagine this is the first in a multi-part series that I'll be having with her, and I thought it was pretty interesting, so I hope you do too, and thanks again for listening. So, wait, so tell me more about how you practice. This is is a good subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I told you before, I, uh, like, let's say I'm working on an aria, right? Okay. So, I'll sing through it. So, this is completely new. Yeah, I mean, I I try to do this after I've kind of learned it, pretty much. Okay, so what does that mean? So, that means I'll probably listen to five or six recordings. Okay, so you listen. I'll follow along with the music and look at the like the mistakes that have been made in the recording sometimes or um, think about my own interpretation kind of relating to what I listen to. So then I get to a point like for instance when I was in college I had to memorize I think I had waited I know it's going to be hard to believe but I'd waited uh, until (laughs) (laughs) until like six days before my jury and I had six pieces I had to learn so I had to learn a piece a day. A whole six days that's amazing. So I had a piece, a piece a day. day. Okay. So keeps the, the so what I did doctors was I, away. So you know you learn the tune quickly. I the the tune for me comes very very fast. I hear it once or twice and then okay. I know how it goes. I know the tune. Okay. It's always the words for me. Now is that even with completely new repertoire, not operatic? Yeah, stuff completely that, new repertoire. So music is very okay. It's yeah, very, very organic. To, yeah, very towards, quick for okay. me. Um, I mean, unless there's some, <clears throat> you know, if they composer puts those little symbols by the notes and it makes it go higher or lower, then I've got to look at those a little bit more carefully. <laughs> okay. uh, and then I... But um, you're, you're, you're odd. Yeah. Yes, yes, very, very strong. So, and la- languages are pretty strong for me too, but that's always the last thing to get memorized. And I know, like, you know, people in college, are, you have to look at the poetry and write it out. But I never give myself the time to do that. Okay. I always have the time to do that, but I never give myself the time to do okay. that. Okay. Is there a reason why you don't give yourself? Yeah, because I procrastinate. But why do you procrastinate? Are you afraid of the words? Don't you try to turn this around No, no, with me. no. This is interesting. This is much more interesting than talking about anything else. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's never been about, you know, for me, it's never been... Is that been, the part of the, the, that feels like work? Yeah, like the work, yeah. Because like the singing yuck, to me... Like yucky well, stomach stuff? Like you're singing like, uh, to me has always been about showing off and not really uh, imparting ideas. So because it doesn't come easily, maybe? So there's something about it where you're like, oh, I really, like, I have to actually sit with myself and work on this? Is that... I'm, I'm totally psychoanalyzing you no, in, in I, I think completely a non... I like the sound of my voice and I got into singing because I was good at singing and I liked how it sounded. Absolutely, yes. So uh, sharing ideas with the audience always came as kind of an afterthought. Okay. I mean, it's silly to say, but that's, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. Anyway, so then I get to the words and I'll try and sing through it. Well, first I'll write it down on a line piece of paper. I'll write the text down in the stanzas. So you, in the stanzas, you're creating that make kind sense. of a kinesthetic yes. connection to. Okay, exactly. So okay. with the rhythm of the cadences and the structure of the piece, I'll write the words down within that framework. Mm. So it looks like a poem. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then I'll try and sing through it. And the, the very first time I get stuck, I'll look at my handwritten sheet of paper and I'll put a symbol around the word that I got tripped up on. So I'll take a yellow marker and I'll draw a triangle around it. Okay. Then I'll start over 
And then the next one I do, I'll do the and same thing. I'll take it, a red and again, marker it, and I'll put an yeah. oval around it. And it gives this little yeah, warning this little, sign this little or little a, a memory. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. And so I connect the visual part of the way I learn with... Okay, well, uh, that's actually very clever, I have to say. Yeah, it works. It works for me. Yeah. But I'm less interested in that. I'm more interested in this audition that I've got coming up. Okay. And it's now, really... It's, wait, so what's tripping you... What's, what's kind of feeling uh, about that? That's... What I want to ask okay. is, how do you deal with auditions? <laughs> I That's don't, I I'm, don't either, though. But I'm I'm terrible as well. So because for me, I don't. But it even has like nothing to, to do with preparation for me. That's the thing. We're very, you know, each of us is very. It's yeah. kind of a very different creature. So yeah. for me, n- n- hardly any process of judgment <laughs> has to do with any kind of of lack of or feeling of lack of preparation because that that's actually the easier part for me okay because so what we're, I we're do, the opposite that completely, way <laughs> yeah well for me that's the 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 yeah the escape is actually to go and do the work and, uh-huh. and really work as hard as I can on my own mm-hmm. the, the 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 psychological element then of getting up and I don't know, and I think we're actually somewhat similar in this way. Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, performances and auditions are incredibly different from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't know what it is. There's whatever. Because well, you already have the gig. Of, is yeah, that part of it? No, because I know a lot of people get very nervous for performances, and then there, there's still that sense of right of being judged or 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 the the fear of failing mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. For me, the performances have. It's it's as if I I've let go of all that mm-hmm. and it's and 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 I don't care to be made a fool mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. you know in the, in the midst of a performance it's okay if I if I screw it up if I do something stupid it's okay hmm. in a performance um, in in an audition situation it's not even it's like just this this cloud comes yeah yeah and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, and do you have I, the I sense of this, doom like there's a sense of doom leading up to the audition and, do you ever experience that. Very much, and also, you know, it's like a lot of that stuff that you and I have been talking about in terms of just meditation and 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 presence of mind and all this. There's there's a um, there's a sense of expectation that is stupid. That's right. And and anticipation that, and I don't mean, I don't mean anticipation as in excitement towards. I mean this anticipation of what is supposed to happen in this kind of fairy book story of what your life means mm-hmm. <laughs> when you do these kind of things. And it creates this unrealistic or, you know, like illus- illusory kind of idea. And that's what, what causes the stress for me. Really? Because, yeah. What about being asked to audition? For me, I, I, <laughs> just, I, I just, the, the <laughs> act of being asked to audition is, is preposterous. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that... Well, that's because you're a prince. So then and what you, happens yeah, is that, and you're a privileged that piles prince. on. Yeah, but that, I'm not... I'm, that doesn't happen to I'm you. I'm a pauper, no. Oh, come on. To so, me, it's my, like, oh, fudge. Can I say fuck? Can yeah, I, yeah, oh, absolutely. Fuck, okay. <laughs> They're asking me to audition. It's it's from the other point of view. Again, it's from, oh, I'm going to... I'm I'm. How do how do I deserve this? Like, how am I going to prove to them but, that oh, I see, deserve this? But the stress this? is the same. The stress is the same. It just comes from a different perspective. Because once I get into the audition, I probably, like you, have to live up to what they think I am. 
which is a ridiculous game because we have no idea right? what, what they're even looking for. Or, yes, or any of that. Right. Yeah, it's just And ludicrous. it's about Omar Crook and Hila Plitman. It's not about uh, Degrieux or whoever the characters that I'm playing. That You know, there are these tricks about how you can... You can take the stress that you would normally feel personally and put it into the character, and then they're judging the character. I don't know who does. I mean, I don't, I, how, do you, how do you even do that? I don't even know how to yeah, do that. I don't that. know either. It's you always know what, about me. Like, that, you know what? I've Actually, I would say in later years, <laughs> then this, I think part, part of the blonde transformation that happened to, to me throughout my life. No, and, and this is on all seriousness. I think I realized that I... And again, it's very different from you because you are an intellectual and you do have a way with very clever words and, and, <laughs> and your, your ability to actually talk to people. Um, Come on. No, but seriously, but, no, for, but for me, what I've realized is I need to let go. You, you know, it all, all boils down to your own, of course, your own expectations of yourself and, sure. and, and whatever things you've, you've this, this, this kind of construct that you've made about what other personalities are bigger in your mind mm-hmm. um for me i think the the thing that when i do have a good audition experience whether or not i get a gig or not even mm-hmm. even if it's you know or mm-hmm. even if i didn't sing very well you know <laughs> empirically um for me the more blonde i can be so <laughs> in a way like the more i can just Allow myself Not to intellectualize be a, it so much. And be a ditz. Uh-huh. And just be a ditz. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever excitement and uh, this kind of like ultra exuberance to, to just let it be and be okay with it. Um, and not, not try to kind of squash it or squash it or whatever the mm-hmm. word is. And, and have this expectation, oh, I need to be clever in my in the way that I communicate with these people and 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 show off and you know whatever no I just kind of go go all the way for the enjoyment sure that's it that's all that's all I that's all I focus on psychologically do you ever have uh the worry that you can't pull off what you're going to sing vocally just like technically hmm I I think that's where some of my anxiety comes from because I I don't know what's going to happen most of the time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that reminds me of my honeymoon. Um, yeah. Uh, not. So your failure, the failure that you worry about is not a vocal technical failure. No, but again, because, and it's not because I have, because I sing perfectly because I don't and none of us do. Um, and, and, and that's okay. <laughs> but this is part of the process that at least for me was always, the easier part of saying basically again just like fuck it i there's not i put in the work Mm -hmm. vocally too i've practiced and practiced and whatever happens now is in a way out of my control in the best sense you know like a a little bit like being on an airplane and you have nothing to be ashamed of because you do you put in your best effort yeah and and if and if the if my middle voice isn't holding up then that's just the voice i have at the moment after Mm -hmm. all the work that i did and that's the best that i can do Mm -hmm. um so uh, in that in that regard i've kind of allowed myself to to let go of that of of the the psychological stress yeah i don't I, i don't hold on to it Wow. And and it allows me actually to in, again to enjoy the process of the singing and of the music more. What I don't enjoy is is just the the 
like the verbal interaction with the people why and is, the feeling of judgment. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't even know how to explain. Is it. that the other side of the coin for the yeah. blonde thing? That's the other. That's yeah, the bad that's side exactly of the coin. because I yeah that's why I became a blonde <laughs> because <laughs> no no because I get I get really socially anxious and I I and I feel um, like I can't I can't step up to to the level of, of, you know, of the brilliance and cleverness and, and, and intelligence of, of other people. And so it, it, uh, it puts me in a place where I just, I, I can really stress myself out if I think about that. Where does much. that come from? Because I, I think you're super articulate. Every, my, I mean, everybody that I know who knows you feels the same way. So I, I mean, I don't think it's an, um, uh, you know what? I don't the, think it's the, an external thing. I think. I it, mean, we can no, we we can go into an like childhood analyzation of things, but I, I don't know. The more the more I the older I get, it's like it's so boring. It's so like just uh, it makes me mundane. so tired. Yeah, mm-hmm. like my dad told me this, and my mom she acted like this, and it's like they're you know they're all great people and intellectuals, right? I mean, your dad in particular is like super. Yes, and a scientist, and mm-hmm. you know, but. But I don't think though that 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 there's cause, direct causality actually, and this p- p- part of my life, I don't know. I think it's more organic than that. I don't think it's just if if I can just solve this feeling or this idea with my father. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's that. I think it's actually part of the person, and in a way, or at least that's what I've convinced myself to just live my my life daily in a way that I I, I just feel more at peace you know sure i i think the the psychoanalyzation to a certain degree at least with them maybe i don't know i think again i think we're somewhat similar in this way that the the chatter actually just causes for more chatter it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't it doesn't cause for action <laughs> mm-hmm. it doesn't help with the action mm-hmm. and it doesn't help with the relationships mm-hmm. And um, to a certain degree, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, of course, talking is great, and sometimes it allows a certain part of your your mind psyche, and your yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. even your your physical body mm-hmm. maybe to process something and work work something out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, after a while, I just think it's too much. Just blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, it's blah, funny. Blah. You know, the older that I get, too, I feel like um, it's really only the thoughts that affect the actual real world and your place in that in your world that really matters. Yes. Uh, you know, sitting yeah. around and thinking and ruminating and it really, I mean, I mean, maybe it's enlightening. I've, I, I really have never found it to be particularly enlightening. It's only <laughs> when it, when it changes something that you actually do, that it makes a difference. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. And I think also between, I mean, all our conversations as friends, you know, it just, the, I, the older we get, the more finite all of it. The mm-hmm. in in the best way, where where the time becomes more and more precious. Yeah, and and it's a little bit of a of this self involved waste of time. Yeah, you know? the easier you get on yourself, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, then you're here and you're with yeah. your friends or you're with your work or you're with yourself and you're just, just like, doing yeah, yeah, you're just being in the day. You know, I had these the the last week. I don't know why this just. You know, I do my crazy morning walks uh-huh. and, and I, and something, oh, I've been listening to, the, that was part of it too, uh, the one that you recommended, which is On Being. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I listened to a couple episodes that I really, really loved. Uh, one one was with, was with James 
Dodie, I think. Hmm. What, um, what's what's, what's oh that God, about? No, I can't remember. <laughs> but I liked it. <laughs> it was really I'll remember good. in a minute. Um, <laughs> no, and the one that I listened to maybe yesterday was with, oh God, I'm so bad with the names. Um, Stephen Batchelor, who is, it's like he, he titles himself a um, secular Buddhist. It's like secular, mm. no, is it that, is that what it, he, he, something in the vein of secular Buddhism. Um, really interesting stuff. Anyway, it doesn't connect necessarily to the subject matters of those podcasts, my thoughts, but, mm-hmm. but the, the, the people being interviewed are, are so fascinating a lot of the time and they have such kind of meaningful thoughts and a lot of them kind of ring, ring true when I'm listening to it. And, um, and I loved the, this one with, with Stephen Batchel because it, he, he had spent a lot of time um, with Tibetan Buddhism mm-hmm. and with Zen Buddhism and um, and kind of found his own form of it within the context of secular living and basically the idea that questioning and maintaining a sense of wonder, um, a constant wonder within the secular life mm-hmm. frame is is a really wonderful way to, to, to live your life. Um, and... I don't even know how to get I, to what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, I've got, uh, I don't know, lately Lately, I've been struggling with my mortality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've, I've turned into, I, I turn towards nihilism a little bit sometimes, which is not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. And I think... Um, Lebowski? Yeah, like... Are I, you exactly, a nihilist? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, what? what is it? What? I don't know. Maybe it's just my mood. You know, I, I'm prone you to mean- mood swings and... Uh, sometimes but what I do you think, mean? Like you start well, like feeling instance, like you actually hate th- all of humanity and it's... No, like maybe there just isn't a purpose. And if so, okay, that, that, that is a component of... That's a big component of secularism, that there that there is no afterlife. I don't mean that there's no purpose, but because there is no afterlife that Christians and other religions rely on to kind of bolster their day, you know, it, make, it gives you meaning about, oh, I'm going to get up and yeah, God told me to do the best I can do today, so I'm going to do that to honor him. And then at the end of this whole ride, I get to shake hands and have a cappuccino with him. You know, so I, I've always mm-hmm. kind of envied that. And then I listened to your story about this uh, secular Buddhist, and I, you know, the very first thing that comes to my mind is he probably goes home and kicks his cat. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, that like, that escalated like, quickly. I, love, I didn't expect that one. I wow! I would love to believe that because all religious people don't don't I mean, kick I their cats, or maybe they just don't have cats. And maybe there are so lots that, of they people. Maybe there are lots of people that really believe it, and they go, you know, and they've got it figured out. And I don't know. I, I'm just not there yet. And I, and then I, when I say that, just as those words leave my mouth i'm not there yet maybe there is no like there yeah maybe that's the problem i think but that that that, that maybe is that's not a problem wait no no so that actually that's that was part of the, the thought part so you know what so all of it to me and maybe this will bring us to to some understanding of it, it all has to do with words and 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 you know what i was thinking because we all have kids now and we've been spending so much time with these beautiful kids and and I and I thought also just of of course and you one internalizes and of myself being so attached to words and then at what age and we see them kind of learning that that world of of adult communication mm-hmm. 
And there's something about words that is a veil, is a veil and a wall. This is what I mean. I, I always... I always had this this romantic sense of of words and of you know all the poetry and mm-hmm. the leader that we study sure. and the, and 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 this romantic sense of the 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 innate meaning of the universe through a word. Mm-hmm. Um, and lately, I actually um, and again, it, the trick is we're talking about it with words, That's so which are so inaccurate, right? And it, I can't I can't even express, but it has to do with a sense of the world that we cannot exp- I was looking at the moon this mm-hmm. morning there was a really because the, it's 5 o'clock in the morning and the moon is still was pr- still pretty high and I think I look at this thing and the way that I interpret understanding it is through a, mm-hmm. a language word. yeah I look at it and the word moon comes to my to my being or yareach, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever language that you grow up in or the, the 50 languages that you speak. It doesn't matter. It's still the word that gives you syntax. And, and I, I don't even know if I use the right word right now. Um, like th- it gives you context mm-hmm. for that thing. Mm-hmm. But you're still experiencing it you're experiencing it without the word. Mm-hmm. There's the thing there and there's you and there's the eyes that see that thing and the world that you're, you know, being at. And, and, and I have this wish that, that I could like strip away the word from the experience. And I, I was thinking of kids and I was thinking of Will and mm-hmm. I was thinking of, <laughs> of your little beautiful girl and how her experience of the world is still not she'll see a moon mm-hmm. but it's not moon to That's her right. it's mm-hmm. something else mm-hmm. and how wonderful that is and eric and i talk about a lot about emotions and the same idea about emotions that you know i'll even meditate even that idea of you know trying to be in the moment of blah 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 and i'll meditate on the word gratitude or mm-hmm. on the idea of gratitude but it's still but i'm still using that word in sure. my brain and then but walk, isn't that but isn't that word enough to trigger the emotional context of what you're trying to get to that's the thing i think it actually inhibits it somehow yeah there's hmm. there's like a there there's a there's a fence there there's a fence there because there's the word that and that triggers mm-hmm. <laughs> but but the trigger can exist without that word and how how do i feel this gratitude without the word gratitude and word, without the all the concepts or love or whatever and you know and is that um, what music's about for you do you think it's interesting cuz of course that's what eric said mm-hmm. um when when we had a very in-depth conversation mm-hmm. about this you can um, say something that you can't say any other way, really. That there's a there's this way, this expression, yeah, mm-hmm. that has nothing to do really with with that context, mm-hmm. with 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 the verbal context. Um, what do you think? Do, do do you have a sense of music that I do? Yeah, kind you know, of it's funny that I, I I've only had a few episodes in my life where I could accomplish that myself and create it myself with my voice or whatever the interpretation is of what I'm singing. It comes mostly from listening to music. I, yeah, and I think that's yeah. a common thing. I think it's mm. a very, it's a, it's a human, universally human <sighs> experience. I 
pretty rarely, um, well, this is a whole nother thing about performing is that it's funny because when I have experienced those, I don't know if you'd call it, uh, Nirvana or being in the moment or whatever, whatever it is. Um, whenever I experience that, it's never my best performance. (laughs) Yeah. It's always when I'm thinking about, yeah, it's always when I'm thinking about, oh man, I've I've got to poop or... (laughs) Or, uh, you know, oh, shit, I so forgot every, to get every milk. Every single or, time you yeah, perform, basically. Yeah, every time basically. I perform all the time, every day, five <laughs> times a day, that's what happens. And that's when I'm at my best. <laughs> it might be the, might be the sound Maybe of the bathroom. The, exactly. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you should yeah. try, yeah, diapers might, might. So it's a real trap. It's a trap to, for me to yeah, experience that. Yeah, it's that seeking. That. It's the Zen, that Zen yeah. Buddhism thing. It's, it's, you can't, yeah, it comes to you without... In those times when you're not looking, yeah, for nobody it. wants to hear it when I'm all uh, enraptured with with what I'm doing. Hmm. It just isn't as powerful as when I'm just working, hmm. when I'm just getting the job done. And it's it's yeah, and that's where the nihilism comes in. You know, like yeah, what, I, what, I I got into this thing to experience this emotion. Um, but in order to give that to the audience, I can't experience that emotion. But, okay, so this is... I mean, when I see Barbara Streisand crying on stage and everybody's enraptured by it, she, I mean, that's like the best of both worlds. She gets to totally experience it. But then, okay, then let's talk about Barbara Streisand <laughs> for a moment. Uh, why? So, so what do you think, what do you think is allowing her to feel like she can cry on stage and have this experience. Well, she gets to interpret music that was written for her. And so it is it is Barbara Streisand that you're watching. I mean, there aren't that many Pavarotti's out there where people go to see Pavarotti be himself, basically stumble around on stage and not act very well, but sing beautifully. Where I get to, well, I'm... So wait, so what I'm hearing in a way is that you are, again... are Constrained by the, you, By the, your idea of what is greatness... And that you are not it yet or not, not. No, I think the expectation is different. Um, at least they teach that in college, that the yeah. expectation Who of the, uh, I think, I think just um, institutionally, I think institutionally it's taught yeah. that uh, when you sing Mozart, you don't, you don't portamento so much and you don't take so much time there and you do. And when you're singing Rossini, you, you need to work out your cadenzas and f- bring something interesting but it's all within the context of um, rules that have been set out over centuries where I think Barbara Streisand has working for her this expectation that she's the opposite of that from the audience the audience expects her to be herself she doesn't need to interpret this other thing I would like uh, to hear her sing on a clear day and with a Rossini <laughs> technique. I don't know but that's see maybe and maybe I'm looking I, no, at No, no, that's interesting. Again, that comes, that's because you're an intellectual. And this is, that's part of the equation that's actually very, um, that I've always found very beneficial to me because I'm not. And I, and I think if you feel like singing fucking Mozart with some portamenti, go for it and see what, what see what happens, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and, and there's no, um, yeah, there's a real freedom to that for sure. Yeah, and it, and it's you know maybe again it makes it makes me like somewhat of a dummy in some in some aspects, um, or or one that doesn't necessarily then become a Mozart scholar because I'm not so interested. 
um, you know, beyond what I did learn <laughs> at school and, and beyond. No, that, that's not exactly true. If I, if I get, you know, if you get the Mozart part, then you, you really study into it. Um, but, but there's, but there's a human, you know, I'm not sure what, what Mozart expected exactly, mm-hmm. for instance. Yeah. If you're talking specifically about Mozart. There sure. are composers that maybe have a little bit more of a stick up their ass in terms mm-hmm. of what they want interpreted when they, sure. you know. But like somebody like Mozart, I think maybe just wanted you to bring a human being to the stage. Somebody that, you know, and 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 all the, all the hundreds of years past mm-hmm. have made it so that teachers tell you what they expect mm-hmm. in terms of what they think mm-hmm. that but so what you know and and i think that's your gift i think that's a big part of your gift first of all you're highly trained you can read the wallpaper you're an, an incredible musician so you have that um you have that anchor with you all the time and i think that that gives you the freedom to stretch that rope on that anchor a little yeah, bit more vigorously. Yeah, feeling like a musician. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You're right. And I know, just like you said, I know, and I know many singers myself who are so dear to me and are brilliant music- musicians just like you and have, it's a very tricky place to be a singer because a lot of people start at later ages or an opera singer, that is. Um, and you don't have this kind of, these years of a background of uh, of making you feel like you are allowed to be a musician without yeah I I, I get that mm-hmm. and yeah that, I think that's, that's a real feather in your cap for sure because you can come in with your own interpretation and you know read the oboe part if you need to and that that really gives you a lot of clout on stage for sure yeah and and it's easier for me to say well. So what if somebody who's who didn't study piano since they were, you know, six, they can do that too, but it's maybe it's easier said than done. And mm-hmm. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I completely understand that. And I'm I, I mean I wish I could I wish I could help all the people <laughs> all the people <laughs> in the world. But because I think there's so many there like you, there's so many people that are so talented and have so much so much expressiveness and in a way it's like it doesn't matter if you studied Puccini for for 20 years you know and if you want to great and if but I don't know I, I I'm I'm not sure again I'm not sure I have the the, the verbal ability to explain it mm-hmm. um well we gotta I, rely on words again yeah <laughs> I just think there's there's the the world the world is the world's missing out because of these these preconceived expectations that we're we're all building on ourselves, mm-hmm. and that's why you should go and have fun on Friday. Boy, I'm gonna try. I, I think the for me, one thing I know about myself is the only way for me to have fun is to be extraordinarily overprepared. Okay. That's the only way. If I go in and wing it, which I do probably ninety percent of the time, I grit my teeth and I have knots in my stomach, but. You know what? What I've been given usually gets me through it anyway. Okay. Um, then after this, you're gonna go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. But that's you know, it, I don't know if you can do this psychologically, but you say exactly, and I sense this like this kind of storm in your stomach, and that you're like, oh 
fudge. I need to go home and now practice again and, and have this feeling that I, I'm not, not that I'm not going to be well prepared on Friday. Well, I need and, to show up knowing that I, like you said, that I've done everything that I can to get to this point. And so what happens... And is happens, there a way for you, for instance, this afternoon to go home and say, I'm going to enjoy this next hour and a half of my, of my yeah, practice? Yeah, no, I love the music for sure. Okay. And, I'm, and I'm proud of myself for applying myself to, to get to this audition, which is something I'm having to do the older I get. I frankly just didn't really have to do that much. Um, I think because I'm a tenor, number one. I mean, Jesus right. Christ, <laughs> we, get a, we just get away with anything. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably shouldn't say I'm that. Gl- no, I'm glad you're like the the only self-aware tenor I've ever actually I've met. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, Omar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had some real doozy auditions before. I hate you. Uh, you know where I. I took a little too much Xanax or something yeah. and just, uh, just I've had auditions where half my boobs are falling out and it doesn't matter they're uh, like oh there's another 50 like you go away <laughs> you know seriously do you have anything coming up what are you working on um, do you have well, any that, auditions coming talk up about this. I want to hear I don't have auditions no. coming up no as of right now no um, you have some concerts though yeah I've got some beautiful concerts I've got I've been working on this piece by Michael Doherty, American composer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he even lives in Michigan. It's a, with the symphonic band in University of Michigan, who are supposed to be phenomenal. Right. Um, and it's this 40-minute piece called Labyrinth of Love with some of the most fascinating, wonderful texts mm-hmm. <laughs> that I've encountered and really just absolutely gorgeous music. And what's, and that, what's, your, what's Ash going to do when you're gone? Is he staying here? Um, is that hard to, I mean, I remember uh, when we worked in Chicago together and Esh was a little baby and you took him with him, took, took him with us. (laughs) Same with, same with, uh, when we were in China, he was a little, a little boy. How is that now? Is it easier that he's getting older? Is it harder? I I think, you know what? It's, it's hard for, for men and women. And I'm sure for you too, when you're away from, well, it's, I can't, I can't speak to, to like comparisons. Um, I just know it's really, really hard mm-hmm. to be a, a mother or, a, or any kind of parent and that, that constant kind of dichotomy and, and conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, on one hand, I mean, it, it's so cliche. On one hand, I think it's really, really healthy for our children to see us doing the things we love. Sure. Um, and, you know, and if your work is you know, a 12 hour day kind of thing and you love it. I think in a way that's very important that you, that they see you do it. Um, on the other hand, uh, on the, uh, with, not on the other hand, but with that, it's, it's so short that our time with them mm-hmm. and they're changing so, <laughs> mm-hmm. so greatly all the time. So yes, I try to take him whenever I can. I try to spend as much time um, after a while, you also, you drive each other crazy. So in, in yeah, a way, it's a, a nice break, a sometimes. little time yeah. away. And, and for instance, Michigan is just, um, it's literally from, I think from Wednesday to Saturday, I see. you know, so it's really, really not, mm-hmm. not, it's not that bad, mm-hmm. but I've made, I've made a lot of choices of saying no throughout mm-hmm. the, the, the last decade, basically, because it's much more important for me to, to spend time and to be there. Yeah. For me too. I mean, I have, having just had a second I mean, I, I see. I mean, I look imagine. at Will. Oh, I know, right? I mean, I'm just Christ. so tired. I'm just so tired all the time. 
Uh, but I mean, looking now, looking at the difference. Between, Amy isn't listening to this. Uh, well, she'd be like, "You're tired." I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole other yes. can of worms. <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, I really shouldn't complain about anything on air, especially. Nah, we should all just complain constantly because that's what we do anyhow. Uh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I was I was thinking about calling this show the Gripe originally, but I don't know. It just sounded like a stomachache. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, like like a Jewish show. Yeah, like a so gripe. I, I, yeah, I, I, I thought that was a terrible idea. Um, but I noticed that, but the difference between Madeline, who's two months old, and Will, who's three years old, is so drastic, and it makes me notice every day how fast it's gone with Will. Yeah, interesting. It's like, so I just He's, I remember Will huh. like like you know like he was two months old, and suddenly yeah. he's hitting the baseball and wanting to go ride a scooter and. You know, scraping his face on the sidewalk, and <laughs> you know, yes, Boris Yeltsin. It's it's unbelievable. So, in some ways, I'm I'm really grateful that I have employment in town. I don't have to travel that much, um, and I've I've always wondered how how people manage. I guess I guess a lot of people don't manage. I mean, there's a pretty high yeah. voice rate in in yeah in this line of work. Um, but you seem to have figured it out. Yeah, but there's a pretty high divorce rate, apparently. Yeah, just generally. And, and yeah, it's yeah. People just, yeah. I think, again, we just have to be, to try and remind ourselves how, how lucky we are and how how much gratitude for every little thing, really, that, that comes that is good, you know? Yeah, that's right. And and also just, we, we can't control all of it. We just can't. Just like we can't control, just like what you were talking about, you like you can't control what the audience is thinking about you. You also every single one of them is thinking some other version of something, you know, or three different versions in the same brain. Who knows? But so we we just can't control all of it, and that's the hard part. It's just, and also the the day to day to to. We we do our best, and some some days are not so good, you know. Yeah, that's right. And that's it. Well, I'm super grateful to you. I love you. And I think you're amazing. Thank you. I think you're amazing. And uh, I'm so glad Let's you're on my again. podcast. Let's do this again. Yes, this is the best. All right. Yay. Thanks. Love you. Bye. <laughs>